Welcome back to another episode of Sudden Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas. Today, on a special episode of Unapologetic Idiocy, here back with longtime guest and friend of the podcast, David Fitzgerald. Hey, what's happening? COVID's not real. It's just a, a fucking hoax to get you to vote. Okay, well, I guess I'm getting deplatformed. Awesome. Started by uh, Antifa. <laughs> Started by Antifa. Uh, yeah, today we're going to talk a little bit about UFC 250 this past weekend because he saw it and I get to fucking grill him on it. Uh, and then we're just going to talk about whatever else. So, yeah, I'll probably come back and do a podcast on the UFC fight night this weekend. It's terrible. I know, folks, but we'll get through it. Who's fighting? Jessica I versus... Uh, <clears throat> Jessica I versus oh uh, Cynthia Cavillo mm. in the flyweight division. So I think Cynthia's moving up, and it's like really. I mean, as far as stakes in the division, it's actually pretty high, but it's like not a main event fight, right? Um, <clears throat> so I'll talk about that later on another date. But before we get started, remember go check out the podcast on SouthernScrapNation.com as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as all other listening apps, I think. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Figure it out. Uh, link in the description, southernscrapnation.com. That's probably the best place to go. Uh, all right. So, have you been? No complaints, man. Uh, staying the fuck out of North Carolina as much as I can, because our governor's a pussy. Won't let any gyms open. You went back to Florida, or you went to Florida, right? Florida, ATL, just been bouncing around. So is Florida, has that, that never closed? It right? closed for a minute, but they're back. And, I mean, these, you know, these fucks can't live without their happy hour. So basically the bars will get real rowdy. I don't know how it is in, like, oh, really? the main cities. But, yeah, the bars were back to normal. Um, cops will come in, make you separate a little bit, then it'll get right back to right back to normal. So they usually have, like, a table set up at the bar. Hmm. So I guess there's not as much room, which I kind of like. I don't like people breathing down my neck. How, did you get to go back to that speakeasy place? And Oh, hell yeah. That's open and rowdy as ever. That, uh, yeah, yeah. that chick that was just getting hammered got in somewhat of an altercation. I don't know if, like, any physical, anything physical happened, but I, I don't know. I, I was pretty shitty. Damn. Then. But, uh, yeah, she, she was getting rowdy. Um I'd love to go back there. It's back to normal. Everything's... I don't think the gym that I'm not going to name, uh, I don't think they closed at all. They just yeah, did like an online thing, but they kept kept it open to the fighters. So Speaking of the fights this weekend, like yeah. Amanda Nunes and Nina Ansaroff, his, her girlfriend, were saying that Florida pretty much just like didn't close. And you're in that area, so that's why I was... Yeah. That's why I was asking if, For, from your Like I couldn't get into Hard Knocks. They said that they were still closed, but then you have like Samford... MMA still going, so they found ways around it. But yeah, Florida didn't give a damn. But they also check you at the at the state line. Like they'll just straight up give you a test. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah, but Georgia's the one that's been wide open. Wide dude. open. I mean, I went to a bar there over a month ago downtown. Yeah, Atlanta. that's what so. si- sissy. Um, oh well. My mom's friend, uh, she went to Atlanta for her daughter, for Mother's Day with her daughter, and she they ate at a restaurant. It was, like, totally normal. Shit's wilding down there. 
Um, yeah, which was crazy because there was a moment where Atlanta had really strict rules downtown, mm-hmm. and then they opened up immediately, and now everything's back to pretty much normal. Dude, the hardest thing throughout the whole lockdown was wanting a tattoo. Well, one, having a birthday during the middle of it, but wanting a tattoo before and just being like, oh, I'll get it like more towards my birthday, and then going like a month and a half without having that capability so to be honest i think tattoo parlors were the biggest ones for me as far as like a lot of people hair salons nail salons like oh man i've never appreciated them so much right now like tattoos to me are like wow what a dying thing and like it's good to get it in now because you think this is bad tattoo as much as it is sanitary it's going to be one of those first to go as far as if we're trying to think about what's a bit essential Dude, think about it this way. And then prison tattoo. We get, like, the return. Tattoo shops are open here. Yeah. Gyms are not. Yeah. So, I mean, people must, I mean, there must be some sort of priority there. But, uh, yeah, it was nice to go over to ATL and get some get some work done. But how's I, it been around here? Well, that's, I mean, like I said yesterday, yesterday was the first time I went out to eat. But around here, I mean, it's a little bit more cowboyish in the sense that everyone kind of lives their own rules lake life bro um no it's just been like everyone's kind of rational in the sense that we know there's not a lot of population and there's not enough cases to scare the population so as soon as we started opening up bars and stuff or in restaurants and stuff i assume i mean we went to a mexican restaurant yesterday I just assume it's back to normal, which it kind of is. No one's really wearing masks all yeah. that much. There are those some people, but, you know. Well, you see, in Asheville, it's like, uh, I think in Buncombe County, where I live, is uh, it's required, like, by law. You get a fine or you can't go into the store without a mask. But they're the type of people around there that jump on any sort of, like, any sort of bandwagon where you can be like, you can put support in front of it. So it's like, this store supports masks or this store supports love only or something like that. I mean, they still get their windows smashed. in. (laughs) But dude, nobody's going to tell me to wear a fucking mask. I mean, what the the hell is this? You're not going to force me to wear something. But like for my massage, it's like they ask you to wear a mask mm -hmm. and I go, I'll wear it. My massage. I don't even wear a condom during a massage anymore. My massage therapist and I know both know like the the idiocracy of doing it. But it's kind of just like you play the game, you do it. it that's it. Like, it, and you know, I work in eye care, and like, it's just a waste of time to wear the mask. But you have to. Like, people can't even get their visual acuities because mm-hmm. their glasses are fogging up nonstop. So you just have to be like, take the shit off. And but, yeah, I mean, that was the other. And I don't know. I. I just I feel as though when someone wears a mask to a restaurant and they have to like put the mask down and eat and then put it back up, at some point do you just I'm just waiting for that person to go, This is kinda stupid. But they never do. They yeah. I, I think it's just some people are gonna fall totally reject the whole like because at this point it's just dogma. Uh-huh. Like you you're not really saving anybody or uh-huh. anything. Like it by pulling it down, stuff in your face and then putting it back. You're not really doing anything with that. It's just some sort of, you know, pseudo comfort. It's like, well, I'm doing this, so I must be safe. Virtue signaling, probably too. Yeah, a bit, a bit. It's a bit of virtue signaling for sure. As far as the businesses go, yeah. yeah. yeah um, I think so. Well, I was gonna say something along. The, I was gonna say something along the lines of the masks. 
or at least like in terms of the, the idiocracy of wearing them when what is it I, for example the job that I'm trying to attain right now is being a DJ or DJ at a strip club <laughs> strippers wear masks I don't get it the pools were oh that's it the pools are open I it just seems like there's a point where someone, you could look yourself in the mirror and go, this is dumb. Why am I wearing a bathing suit, but then I'm also wearing this mask? Or, like, just that kind of thinking that you're saving somebody or saving someone. Yeah. But it, but you're still there. You're at the pool. You're not, you're pissing in the water. Yeah, your air is toxic, but you can rub your pussy all over everything. Yeah. So, hmm. That's yeah. a, <laughs> quite a conundrum. Yeah, it's just, it's odd. It, it doesn't. It, there's no rationality to it, and that's where it bothers me is there's no logic. Yeah. And I don't see how we don't – because that's – this is what makes us different from not even the, the monkeys. Like personality and complexity and our emotions make us different from monkeys, but that's even pretty base. What I mean is like we now have developed logic. Yeah. And if we want to be better than we were in the 1950s, probably use some logic yeah well the thing i mean it's the same shit with like an airplane you know like if you lose pressure chances are it's not going to be a rapid loss of pressure it's going to be a slow slow loss you're all going to fall asleep not even know that there's a pressure change and the masks aren't going to deploy so you're basically just you're fucked anyways like if the plane goes down you know your seatbelt's not going to help you oh yeah (laughs) hitting a wall at 0.5 milliseconds so I mean, and, and that's the other. It's just a false sense of security, but and, if it makes you happy, whatever. And that's the other thing. That's the, that's the, that's like the, the the myth of the reason why they tell you to get into a certain position when the plane's crashing is so that it like kills you, and it's like less of an insurance pot, like less of an insurance claim to take care of a vegetable than it is to take care of a <laughs> few person's funeral. But at the same time, it's like. Do you want to survive a plane crash? Like, that sounds like a terrible life. Like, you want to be the person to carry around the trauma of being the only survivor on a plane crash? Every every night you wake up hearing the sound of, like, the screams. <laughs> You're just the one guy. This isn't a movie, dude. This is an end in 150 minutes. Like, you're going to have to live the rest of your life going, why was it me? Yeah. Why was it only me? And you still don't do anything. <laughs> You know the balls to kill yourself either, so you're like stuck in this nightmare. It's awful. Holy shit. And they, the people, the people are just like they're so worried about living. It's like there's certain situations where you just rather fucking die. Yeah, and you gotta be logical about it. Because <laughs> not every situation. All right, let's talk a little bit about these fights because they were good this weekend. There was a lot of finishes that made it go by quick, even though it was forever. Um. So I don't know how, which ones you saw. The f- I the- saw the entire main card starting with O'Malley, um, but I also saw the leg kick finish, which the calf kick finish, which I am a huge fan of that number. But that's okay. the second second. That was the, the that, calf kick finish, like this, know, a, this in, month or something. Yeah, this month or in a UFC. Yeah, like right? consecutively or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, like, just shout outs to Gil or Herbert Burns. Uh, carrying on the Burns victories with a submission over Evan Dunham. And then Devin Clark getting a hard-fought win over Alonzo Menafield. Menafield getting his first loss. I mean, the fans lost that fight. Um, then Alex Perez in the first round just teeing up 
Juicier's leg and and catching him with those calf kicks. All right, so prelims. Then we had Charles Bird getting knocked out by Maki Patolo in the first round. Oh, yeah, that Hawaiian guy. Damn, that guy hits hard. Um, and then Cody Staneman, after the loss of his brother this past week, put on a perform a great performance at 145 against Brian Kelleher. They're both 135ers, but they met at 145. And then he, like, broke down in tears. It was heart-wrenching. So let's move on from that because that's sad. Um, all right, Ian Heinish getting a first-round knockout over Gerald Merchart. I thought Ian Heinish was going to come back, but I didn't realize he was going to come back and just level Gerald Marshall like that. He went to Thailand. He's, like, moving his camp to Thailand, the Tiger. Um, people are doing that. I mean, this guy went to prison in Spain. This guy's had a wild life. Hmm. Like, drug smuggling. Yeah, I know that motherfucker. Yeah. He lost to Derek Lewis, and then he came Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. So then, okay, then Alex Caceres versus Ben Askren Jr., uh, in the words of Jorge Masvidal, Miami is kryptonite to the Askren boys. Uh, Chase Hooper, he's young. He fought Alex Caceres. They made a point. Like, Ale- or Chase was like nine when Alex Caceres made his UFC debut. Like, you just, like, his UFC debut, he made a, like, he made his, de- or Chase was nine. Nine-year-old so, kid in the UFC. What a fucking badass. No. I know. I know what you're saying, God damn it. Um, but, yeah, so you just you can't beat that experience. Uh, Chase, he's just got a lot to learn. I don't know why he's in the UFC, to be honest. I would have just gone to Bellator, but whatever. He's marketable. Um, all right, so the main card. Sean O'Malley. Dude. Whew. God damn. Out of nowhere. He, do, he does that every time, though. It's just this out of nowhere. He looks almost angry to be there. Like, he looks like he's pissed off, I guess, because of the money, and they're not giving him anybody worth a damn, but... He, uh, he looks like just over it, and I then think, he goes in I, there. I think it's a tactic, but you think it's a tactic? I think it's a way to just make it like he. It's the it's the gay guard effect. Like you just look bored to be there. So then everyone that fights you goes, uh, oh, um, I hope I'm a challenge for him, and they're not. Oh yeah, I mean, well, he makes it doing that, and you can react different ways to like a knockout. You can react to like the way that Al Jermaine when he choked out Corey Sandhagen was like. Whoa. I'm the fucking best. Yeah. Let's get it, son. I'm going to come on your back. I mean, come for you. Come for that. Or I'm going to come on that ass. I mean, come for that. Like, you can be that guy or you can be the Sean O'Malley. It's like, whatever, bro. Well, it looks Ugh. like it looks like O'Malley will try to, like, showcase his kickboxing and then just re- just be like, fuck it. I'm knocking him out. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. like, at first he was getting a little wild with the spinning kicks and everything. And then he just brought it right back. Put his hands down, did that slight feint with the right. Yeah, the slight fainting the uppercut. And yeah, and then just. Which he's got bad childhood posture, which is really crazy that he's he's like that. That just that just shows you that you know how we I, we talk about it occasionally that you never know who like let's say you go into a bar you uh-huh. never know who can absolutely destroy you. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that I'd be like, not this fucker. Well, like that. I mean, when you look at Connor, right? He's kind of got the same. Aura of Connor that people are they gravitate towards him, but when Connor walks around like he he has the perfect posture, shoulders back. He, if anything, yeah. it's exaggerated. Yeah, it, 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 it's exaggerated. To, it's like exaggerated, exaggerated perfection. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Sean's like the opposite. He's like smoke weed, uh, like shoulders hunched over, like very unassuming. But his style and everything like that kind of you know flares him up. He's got cool tattoos and everything. Wait. The kid's just a fucking animal. Yeah. I can't wait to see what he does 
I'm, I'm, forward. I would be interested to see like what they're training. Like he and his boy Tim. Tim, yeah. Like I want. I don't know if they're doing anything different. I just I would like to sit in on one of their conversations about martial arts. I think they. I mean, if you look at uh, I've checked out. I think it was Anatomy of a Fighter or mm-hmm. something about about him. And they have a pretty cool schedule. They you know, one they're eating clean, so they're locked in on that nutrition. Um, but it seems like when he's off, he's off. He's he's playing video games, um, just kind of bullshitting on whatever that what thing I, is. What I mean is they've got a very deep understanding of fighting mm-hmm. without like he's never he wasn't a kid. None of them are kickboxing world champions. But they've got this like they have fight. An understanding without the wisdom. Yeah, they're very fight IQ heavy, but for some reason it works so well. Like if Sean doesn't have like a, he's got knockout power, but he's not one punch KO Cody Garbrandt. He's not a, he doesn't excel anywhere. Crazy, right? He's just a great fighter, and he understands body His mechanics. Body's, body's not that. Yeah, you know, it, out of control. I mean, he is tall. Yeah. But extremely skinny, I think putting on that ten pounds you know, I, during I just, his. I just think there's something that there, there's that it factor. You don't. I can't place my hand on what makes him. Like he's able to starch Eddie Wyland, but like why? Mm. Like, same thing with Connor. Like why? Like that guy's got. You start breaking his technique down, like how he does it. But then you start realizing it's like he's got this left hand. It's like this left hand from God. It's an unta- intangible. Sean O'Malley's got an intangible. And it's maybe his fight IQ, his ability to see the shot that puts the light out, doesn't TKO them, doesn't, doesn't make them like run around the octagon and try to like cut. He, he lights out Eddie Wyland. It's also kind of like a weird, um, he, he doesn't have the look for it or anything, too. So kind of like the Diaz brothers, how they always throw that weird, like, unorthodox boxing style or, like, where they throw those, like, scooping body hooks. Mm -hmm. And it's like you feel like – or, like, when Nick would do those, like, little short rapid punches, Mm -hmm. you feel like those wouldn't work. But for some reason for them, it does. Nobody else is throwing It's the ability to take someone like Eddie Weiland and, like, starch him. Mm. That, to me, is – wild because there's no he didn't hurt him before there wasn't there there's wasn't anything hardly that was, any contact yeah. yeah and then he just done there's something there i don't have enough like i haven't watched enough footage on him so i haven't been able to like see all right so the next fight was neil magny uh versus uh anthony rocco martin not really much to it people thought that tony martin won people thought that neil magny won it was kind of like a i liked rocco in that yeah. one. yeah uh, he threw heavier shots, the significant strikes, 64 to 37. Rocco got one takedown. It was a hell of a takedown, though. And then 82 to 46. It's just numbers. Yeah. Um, Aljermaine Sterling going out there, getting the performance that he wanted, uh, going for a takedown early, getting the back, uh, adjusting. Uh, he couldn't get the rear naked on one side. He turned him over, got to his – or turned him over – back flat, and then readjusted, and then got the rear naked on the other side. Got it when they're both dry. Not really much to say about the performance. Great performance by Al Jermaine. He's coming on that ass. Uh, Petter or Jose, whoever wins, according to him. So um, get ready for hashtag coming on that ass. 
<laughs> All right. In the co-main event, we had Cody Garbrandt versus Rafael Sunsound. Uh, dude, Mark Henry, I'm going to have to say it, is Cody Garbrandt's uh, sensei, is the Dwayne Ludwig to Cody Garbrandt. Mm-hmm. I think if he has Mark Henry in his corner and he was to do the TJ Dillashaw fight again, we'd have a different re- result. His patience was everything. And his speed I mean, he, was there, his too. His speed was so – he was looking so good, man. Um, but the way – you know, he's always I – mean, they talked about it, you know, yeah, being a nice. dead horse, but he was always just – brawling mm-hmm. he's great he's nice in the pocket and everything but he's got heavy hands he's got wicked speed but he's making he's making dumb mistakes for a guy with the credentials he has as like a boxer yeah and settle down yeah. just just don't keep your emotions out of it fight for your kid or something no. don't, don't get all that's what know. i was thinking before this fight too i was like i don't know he just like fight for your fucking kid i guess i don't know i don't know why you're searching for something to fight for like you have a whole family he was good he's good on the mic you know, he's seemed uh, – he's rebuilding his image a little bit, I think. He wasn't doing the whole uh, Dom fight dancing and all that stuff. So, I think – You know, I think, I think it's a good move for him to go to Mark Henry. I mean, I mean, he was young when he was in that feud with TJ, but now do you understand, like, why people didn't stick around Team Alpha Male? Listen, Team Alpha Male has been great for a lot of guys, but what people don't realize is Uriah is not a – like – he may be a good coach, but he's not there all the time. And they don't have a head coach. They don't have anything. They don't have a. They don't have someone to grab the reins and go. This is what we're doing for striking. This is what we're doing for grappling. They don't have. They had a master tong, and then they have people leave, and just and no one came in and just like tried to grab the reins, like I said, and like steer the ship. I think it's a good place to to get your sparring looks and everything. I mean, what, like when Chad Mendez was there and all that. But if you look at, like, look, take the model of, like, Andre Feely, who trains at CSA primarily and then right. pops over to Alpha Male. Right, but that's what TJ wanted to do with Team Elevation, mm-hmm. and then they gave him so much flack and shit, and I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but it's just, like, you're trying Team Alpha Male is trying to be the all the one and all place, and it's turning out not to be. Yeah, and people are starting to realize that. And now you got to all take a deep look in the mirror, and think: Is it even worth just having to go back there? Because to be honest, Cody is in a great place. He's in New Jersey and Tom's River with uh, a great fight team in Mark Henry, Ricardo Almeida. Um, New Jersey, I mean, most beautiful state we have. Jesus Christ. Uh, but he's got, like, Frankie Edgar. He's got Eddie Alvarez to train with. He's got Claudia Gadelia to train with. Like, he's got all these people that are around his size, around his speed, around his style. That's just, like, stay there. Like, why even go check it? And, like, I get what Faber did for you, but like, this motherfucker, like, this, kid, this guy And you, you say from from day one, a fighter can't be... An effective coach at the same well, time. Well, I'm not saying that you can't be. It's just that it's all personality. And I can, like, Uriah's personality isn't that guy. He's the I want to be a champ guy. Mm-hmm. So he's, self, he's focused on himself and not right. completely his fighters. But, and so are all those fighters, all the ones that Team Alpha, they, they all have the same kind of energy. They're very competitive with each other. But no one's going to be like, all right, well, I want to sit here and, like, take care of the up-and-comers, though. 
Like, they're all more than happy to work with each other, but they're all getting better. And that's the difference between a, a kickbox. That's the difference between an MMA school and every other martial art. Every other martial art is a very, like, team-based gym. Like, you all go and compete, and you're all a team. MMA is the only one where you all train together, but everyone's on their own team. Yeah. You're all like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, good seeing you, good seeing you. But then it's the same thing with the Gilbert Burns and uh, Kamara Usman thing. They all train together. They're mm-hmm. all they all go to the same place to train. They're all part of the same team, but their interests are involved with each other, like themselves. Yeah. But most other like kickboxing and stuff, like you train for your uh, Big Mike's gym, mm-hmm. like you fight mm-hmm. for Big Mike's gym. Um, I mean, in the Thai world, you see it all the time. You take the surname of the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You become that gym's representative. It's different. MMA is a very selfish sport. But you have to be. It's so brutal. It's so draining on you as far as, like, a fight camp. I, I would rather have a one-on-one full-time MMA coach and then outsource, like, nutritionists, strength conditioning people, uh, go to, like, a kickboxing gym, go to a jiu-jitsu gym, but then have a Tim Welsh. Like, have a guy who's equally competent in MMA, and then you guys just sit there, smoke blunts together, and go over, like, game plans. Yeah. And then, a, like... A true coach. Right. Watching game film and... Right. And yeah. you, like, you can work position... You can work, like... Te- but then you go... You can go other places and do, like, kickboxing and shit like that. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be close with everybody. You can do the whole Bushido. You can be your own warrior. You don't have to be, like... You don't team. have to... You don't have to it's be a team. It's not a team sport. It's not a team sport. It's not a... Like... Trying to make it what it is, and like go to places that have great facilities, use facilities, pay for good facilities. But you don't have to develop this like family relationship and like love, like because a lot of these guys aren't coming out of team sports mm-hmm. either. Like you know, you, you get to the NFL, that's you've yeah. only been on a team. It is a team game. Yeah, this is this isn't together. a team game. And like you know, lighter weight guys didn't mm-hmm. even play those sports, so. Right. It's yeah. like, but even with wrestling, like a lot of the lighter weight guys come from a wrestling background. Right. Even wrestling, you have like team matches, like you have, you have like dual meets, so you go team against team. Mm-hmm. So you, there's a little bit of a team process, more so than in most gym. That's why I think uh, jujitsu could benefit. Like jujitsu schools, they could take the same mentality as like a, a wrestling program, but in MMA it doesn't work. In MMA, you have to have everything has to be catered to you. You are the gladiator. You have mm-hmm. to have someone rubbing your shoulders. You have to have someone. M- like lathering up oil, you have to have someone sharpening your swords. Like you're a walking war machine. So you have to have everyone cater to you. And if there's a team, there can only be one champion as well. Right. So it's like, right. are we lifting this person up in order for you all to come and take it from him? Or, and that's why the whole, that's why Henry Hooft is like, I don't care if Kamara and, and Gilbert fight each other. Of course you don't. Cause the belt's not leaving. Yeah, that's true. It stays there. It stays mm-hmm. at your gym. Cool. It doesn't do anything for anyone. If they're cool with it, if they're cool with just, like, punching each other in the face without gloves and stuff on, or, like, without shin pads. How does that work, though, if it's – would they both stay with Hoof? Separated well, between Gilbert, Hard Knocks and – Gilbert doesn't – they both don't need – they both don't need to share a wrestling coach. They both don't need to share – they're both very like you're at a point where Gilbert's grappling is so fucking good, and Kamara's grappling is just second to, like second nature to him. 
you don't need you don't need co coach Greg. You don't need to learn it. Yeah, like you don't. It, yeah. yeah, you just need a partner. You just need, you just need your own. And that's what I mean. You just need your own circle at this point. Mm -hmm. And then maybe one day I work with Henry, and then the next day you work with Henry. Okay. And then yeah. as far as like, so who would the, be their head coach walking in? Like, who's cornering? And how that's you, the point where that's up to Henry Hooft. If Henry goes, I'm not going to sit in on any of their quarters. You just have some people in there to tell you what you need. And like, I'll like he can help like build a game plan for each of them, and then like go over with the coaches and people that are in the corner to help give advice. But it's like Trevor Whitman says, he's like, you're employing me, so what you need, I'm there for. If you need me to yell certain things at you, like the time, or if you need me to yell what you're missing out, like you just have those people do that. Some people, like for example, when I do a, when I do a competition, I don't like instruction because I know the person can hear the instruction. And unless we have some sort of Mark Henry st yeah, style code, some crazy code lingo, I don't want people to hear it. Which I do think that that his philosophy okay. around the code was was pretty cool. You could hear him screaming yeah. it out yeah, to yeah. Cody and. I don't know. I feel like I'd be able to pick up on that. Well, like just he, after his, having so many coaches yell shit at me throughout my yeah. life, just to hear that and know exactly what we're doing, like you're, it doesn't matter, like the adrenaline or anything like that. You're gonna remember what that code is. So his codes are all, are all strung to something in your life, right? Something that like you're fighting for in your life. So I, he he was calling the one I heard maybe you remember was Tom and Jerry or something. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Sure it's somehow. Yeah. Related something to related to so, like, maybe that's something you watch with this kid or something like that. Like it may, like it, you hear it and it like, it, it elicits a emotional reaction that like wakes your body. Like it gets you. Oh yeah. 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 Um, whereas you get a coach like that's like for us where he just hounds keeping your hands up. So that way when that moment arises, that's what you always go back to. Yeah. There shouldn't be any excuses. Your homeostasis boom, is what boom, he's boom. told you. Right. Um, all right. And then in the main event, we don't really have to talk a lot about it because Amanda Nunes kind of just trolled this girl. It was uh, and it was abusive fight. It was sad. <laughs> just, uh, it was just like abuse. I don't – like like this I – said I said it when I broke this fight down. Amanda is too fast for her. Period. There's nothing more to it. You watch Felicia – fight this other 145-er and you watch this girl swing from the bleachers and you go and then you watch her fight Cyborg and even with Cyborg, like Cyborg's tagging her, right? Amanda's faster than Cyborg. That that overhand, right, is just <laughs> stupid. It doesn't even matter if you block it. It's just the energy's just transferring through your forearm into your brain. Yeah. And then everyone's, like, talking about Felicia's ground game. It's like, Amanda's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and judo. Like, she's... Dang. And she don't... She's not getting worse. Like, she doesn't, <laughs> like, get worse at those things. She doesn't even take enough damage to <laughs> yeah. get... To, like... Yeah. Have any injury. Yeah. Yeah. Her body's not even breaking down. I just... I love when these people try to, like... I mean, I get it. You're trying to sell a fight. But when someone's like, oh, man, this Felicia Spencer. This could be the one. This, her grappling's crazy. It's like, I mean, Amanda Nunes, like, her grappling's awesome. It won her the, her last fight. It doesn't get worse than it yeah. was. Like, if anything, she gets better at it. And then, you know, if all you can do is throw grappling at her, oh, my God. I, uh, I don't see anybody. I don't even know what you do with her. Dude, if I'm her, I think maybe you get one more fight at 135. But you retire. Your girl's pregnant. Like, 
you did it. You did. What do you What do you need? You beat all the former champions. I mean, I guess the money coming in, but she's not like. But that's my that's my thing with this whole money thing is I get it. Like fighting gives you immediate gratification money wise, but dude, you're the greatest woman champion of all time. Get into other shit. Yeah, she could be like uh, the Nogueira brother and yeah. <laughs> for Kombachi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brazil just wearing Skechers, like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> but any, I mean, even then, just like sell, sell like goat yogurt or something. Like, yeah. I'm the greatest woman of all time. Check out this goat yogurt. Build a, yeah, yeah. Like but even Jose only... Aldo was like, I'm gonna create a hamburger shop, and it actually does pretty well. Yeah, I um, I just don't think she has the name yet. Like she's. But she could in Brazil. She could like, in Brazil. She, she could do like she could do anything. I don't think they market her well. I think she could. I mean, it's not even the mar- It's like you get your resume, your portfolio, and you bring it to a marketing team, and you go, "Where can we get my name on things?" And start like you take that money and you go, "Listen, this is what I've done. Remember when you guys all used to like Ronda Rousey? Look what I did to Ronda Rousey." Uh, remember that girl that did that thing to Ronda Rousey that everyone remembers? Look what I did to that girl yeah. that did that thing to Ronda Rousey. And then you just like keep showing them what you did, and like you go, look, this is like this is what I have. Where can we get this? And what should I start putting my mo- name on and money and, and marketing on, um, uh, like profiting off of? However, home for her is a ranch in Salvador, like in the middle of the country. If that's her retirement plan with her daughter and her, or her child and Just her go- girlfriend, like George Bush, it yeah, like you definitely could do that. Seems like, it, like why not? I mean, yeah, seems like a perfect time in the world to do it. Just go off the grid and lives in the country of Brazil, horse farms. Hell yeah, we used to have a country house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. Yep. Molly, ha- Molly, I don't know if she still has one, but she she had one. Oh, they're nice. Cool. All right. Sick card. Yep. That's about it as far as the card. Um, yeah, man. Uh, other than that, Conor <laughs> McGregor retired. That's about it. Do you think that's going to stay? Or? No, I just think there's like – I think it's a bunch of fight. I think this is a fighter protest. They're just not all on the same DM. You know what I mean? Like Jorge Masvidal is coming out with – Take it or leave it approach. John Jones comes out about, like, release me from my contract. Conor McGregor is talking about retirement. Like, when all, Henry Cejudo backs out, uh, if Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes could just be like, fuck this. Like, I don't want to – you should – like, the number of – I forget who put it up, but the Bantamweight Championships vacated the fly – or the Featherweight champion Flyweight and Bantamweight are both vacated – the featherweight, one of them can't get a visa. The 55er can't get a visa. It's also at an interim. 70 is the only one, but you have two teammates that are fighting with each other. 85. Light heavies vacated. Can't, can't, uh, light heavyweights vacated. Middleweight is, can't, can't get a visa. And, uh, and heavyweight is up in the air. UFC right now, as far as... Rankings, everything—it's a—it's sh- a shit show. Pay these motherfuckers. They, no, I like the Darren Till reaction. Go to Bellator. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like. <laughs> it's it, just yeah. like I'm not paying you. Go to Bellator. God, <laughs> there would be some 
slugfest. But the problem is they can't get out of their contract. Yeah. These contracts are like ironclad. You have to sue the UFC. You want to get out of your contract? You show them. You show it to a sports lawyer, and they will sue the fuck out of the UFC because these contracts are not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Bellator. Yeah, go to Bellator. Go to one. Yeah. Go to one. Go to something. Go somewhere else. Make money somewhere else. You don't have to go to the UFC. Plus, they making they made us buy a pay per view for that last fight. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Um. Other than that. You got anything you want to talk about? I think I'm good, man. Uh, this next card sounds boring as shit. Uh, yeah, what's the next here. big fight? Uh, UFC two, two, Fight Island, I guess. Fight Island stuff, but they don't know. Uh, according to Dana, Fight Island announcements this week, so we'll see. They say there's, there's, they're saying it's in Abu Dhabi. I don't know. I also heard that it was the Virgin, the Virgin Islands, like owned by the Virgin. Which would be the Dutch... No, like the like uh, no no that's uh, what's British name? Virgin Virgin Islands. Oh, uh, like literal the yeah yeah yeah. Oh yeah, shit! Yeah. Um, fuck. Hey, what's that fucker's name? Virgin Islands. He owns an island. Uh, Richard Branson. Yeah, Branson. Action yeah. Bronson. Yeah, uh, Richard Branson. There, I think they were talking about like it's one of his islands, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Hell yeah. Uh, other than that, I hope you guys. Enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we kept it away from all that other stuff that, you what know. What else is going on? Nothing. Nothing's going on, guys. Everything's totally fine. We're, We're okay. Good. We're all Everything's good. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. Everything is just okay. Hey, it's not worse. <laughs> it's just fine. If you stay inside... Wear your mask. It's fine. There are not, like I've told you in previous podcasts, we're not facing radioactive Chernobyl wolves who learned, who created the ability to swim great distances and came up onto the shores of Virginia (laughs) and migrated and reproduced at an exorbitant rate, one of jackrabbits. So we're doing pretty okay. (laughs) Things are looking up. We're okay. We're all in our houses. We're all good. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Until next time, check out SouthernScrapNation.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all your listening apps. You can also catch us, uh, iTunes, or uh, Instagram, Facebook, SouthernScrapNation.com. She's fucking using that, what are they called, the rabbit? No, no, whatever. (laughs) She knows what I'm talking about. She's... It looks like you're just going to town. Just going to town on that badge. <laughs> All right, uh, com. Until next time, stay safe. Peace.